Welcome everyone. I'm James Herrick with the Institute for Merging Issues at North Carolina State University and welcome to The Connector. Today we're continuing our series on education and achieving our state's goal of 2 million North Carolinians with a high quality credential or post-secondary degree by the year 2030. In this episode, we're going to speak with another member of IEI's educational attainment community cohort to talk about their work that they're doing in their community to help meet this goal and prepare students for the jobs of the future. I am happy today to welcome Robin Williams as our guest. She is the executive director of Wilson Education Partnership. And again, joining us is IEI's assistant director, Pat Cronin. Welcome both of you. So now let's start the conversation. And I'm going to start with you, Robin. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us about Wilson Education Partnership and your role in connecting businesses and Wilson County Schools. All right. Thank you for having me today. I think the main focus that we work on is really letting students and teachers know that the community is there for them. We try to build relationships so the teachers and students know what resources they have outside of the school system. And it lets the community know that as a public school entity that, you know, we service 10,500 kids who are going to walk across the stage. And hopefully a lot of those are going to reside in our community. So they need support and they need to know what is out there to help them, you know, reach their potential, fulfill their dreams. So we constantly work with different businesses and let them know how they can partner and how they can help and how they can use their resources to make it a better working and learning environment for our students and teachers. Oh, very good. So I'm going to turn to you, Pat. Thanks for joining us again today. So in this series, we've been talking a lot about the effort to, to meet North Carolina's educational attainment goal. So why is it important for IEI to engage with organizations like Wilson Education Partnership in this work? Well, thanks for having me back, James. Um, let me start with just a bit of background about that state attainment goal of 2 million North Carolinians with a high quality credential or degree. Um, that'll help answer, answer the question you just asked. So back in 2019, our state adopted that goal um, it was passed by the legislature, signed by the governor, endorsed by um, all of the educational system here in North Carolina at every level, uh, and also by the business community as well. So it is it is something that we as a state have, have committed to. Now, that figure was tied to projections about the workforce we think we're going to need in 2030. Um, and at that time, in 2019, if we did nothing else, if we changed nothing, we were expected to fall about 400,000 individuals short. That is individuals with the skills we need for the jobs we expect to have in, in 2030. And importantly, these are good paying jobs. So the question for all of us and the challenge that was thrown down in 2019 is, how do we change what we've been doing to increase the number of students who are going on to higher education of some kind? Um, and it's important to understand that right now, for every 100 ninth graders in public school in North Carolina, only 28 of them go on to earn a degree or a credential within six years of graduating high school. And that is not where we need to be. 
Um, importantly, this is also an average. The number is actually lower for students of color who make up the majority of students now in our earlier grades. So we've got a lot of work to do. Um, that's our challenge. It's our opportunity. If we want thriving businesses, families, and communities, we must raise educational attainment rates for everyone, but we must especially do it for students of color. Um, because education is local in the U.S., we're only going to reach this goal one student at a time in every community across our state. And uh, that's where our cohort comes in. Um, we are so fortunate to have so many dedicated people and organizations working in this space across the state. Um, but even as this work goes on, there aren't necessarily enough connections among them to ensure that good ideas and best practices get the attention they deserve. And that's one of the main reasons we decided back in 2021 to choose five community-based organizations who are working to raise educational attainment rates in their communities. Uh, we recruited them to come together as a group for about two years. Our goal was to lift up the good work that they're doing to spark ideas and action elsewhere. Um, you know, bring what they're doing to the attention of other communities. So they might consider doing the same things in theirs. Uh, we also wanted this group of five to learn from each other. So to engage in, in peer learning and to become better connected. Uh, and finally, we also wanted to help these organizations get even better at what they're doing by providing them with capacity building support. And at the core, at the start really was an organizational needs assessment. So that's where Wilson Education Partnership and, and the other four members of our cohort um, how they came to be. So Robin, obviously you're a part of our educational uh, cohort. Um, so what made you decide to join this cohort? Well, I think what is really important for our nonprofit is we are a one person shop. <laughs> we have a board of amazing volunteers that represent a cross section of the community. A lot of business people. And this nonprofit was actually started 33 years ago by the business community. The business community and the leadership in the school system came together and said, we really think it would be a benefit if we can have someone that can work on relationships and see what resources we can share. So as a one-person shop, I'm always looking for places to go and where I can fit in to learn from other communities. Because there's not, every community in North Carolina does not have an education partnership like Wilson that specifically supports public schools. There's a lot of them throughout North Carolina, but not a lot. So I knew I wanted to be a part of something that would bring in the community colleges, bring in communities and schools. Um, where I could go and not be too overwhelmed as a one-person shop. So what I loved about the cohort is it was a smaller group with a lot of talent. So I think that where we have tried to streamline, because we are serious about this attainment in Wilson, bringing everybody together, how do we engage students and businesses for them to know what is out there and they can start thinking and planning and being prepared when they walk across the stage. I needed to know how are people getting all those things done? I mean, you know, what are the marketing tools we're using? 
What other creative tools? Were you using your website to drive people? Um, it was a it was a good dynamic of this cohort to really share a lot with me. And I may be one of the cohort members that probably got more out of it than anybody. I think they all got a lot. But me, I had four or five resources at each cohort, which was amazing for me. And I've already reached out to some of them. Pat and I have had very lengthy conversations about things where he's really helped me focus so that our board will be better and our mission will be better. Instead of doing 25,000 things, let's pick two or three things and do them really well. And we were able to use the cohort to, to do some of those things, which has been amazing. So for me, I can't speak highly enough. I really think it has literally changed the direction of WEP and that we have had more success this past year than we have the seven years I've been here because of being a part of this cohort. I mean, I, I truly believe that. Just to gloss um, something that Robin mentioned, um, you know, not every community has an organization with the business community behind it trying to support its local school system. And if you spend any time in this space, you know that the business community it should be playing a very, very important role in helping to promote more kids getting out of high school and on to higher education. Um, they're so important in terms of their voice. Um, they're so important because they're the employers uh, and of school systems and right on through, through community college and, and four-year colleges aren't teaching kids the right skills and knowledge then there's going to be this really terrible mismatch and businesses will not get the workforce that they need. So it's really important to have the business community actively engaged in the education process in their communities. And so uh, it, Wilson uh, is very fortunate to have a group like the Education Partnership to, to help make that happen. Um, Robin, let me ask you, uh, just you, you started to, to uh, talk about some of the things that you got out of, of uh, working in the cohort. We're almost done. We'll, we'll finish this fall. Um, but I'm just curious, what's it been like to work with such a diverse group of community-based organizations? You're all in the space of trying to help push more kids through high school and, and on to college of, of some sort. Um, what, what's it been like and what, you, what have you learned from them? I think the probably the most important thing I learned is we all have the same goal. I mean, that's the most important thing. Even though you sit around and everybody talks about what their mission, what their target is, our goal is to help students, whether it's in high school or it's higher learning. Um, even if it's an, uh, I think this was one of the important things to me. Even if it's a student, even though I work with high school students, primarily, and middle school students. If you are someone that graduated high school and went to work and decide two or three later, three years later that you want to go back to a community college or college, you're a student again. And I think one thing that was very interesting to me is listen to like the community college talk about how they're trying to find these people that want to learn that don't know what opportunities are out there. They don't realize I can come back to school and I can get an education and there is money to help me if that's a barrier. Or if there's transportation, there's a barrier. I think that was one of the main things I learned is we are, we are all looking for what is the best way to recruit or share information to those that need it. 
Um, I also was able to, I, I think that from a one person shop, of course, I've always wanted to hire an additional person or hire an intern. You, know, you can always do more with more if you're able to have more. I mean, having another employee is great, but you're a nonprofit. You have to pay for that other employee. So I think they also were to get, they also gave me good ways to expand our mission and look at local community resources that I think I've looked at a little bit, but really had not delved into, which we have since the cohort. In other words, try to use someone from Barton College on a work study that can come in and help us. Um, maybe expand to another student that's in high school. We've had an intern, but I always have a high school intern and maybe try to get an older intern that's got a little bit more experience. Um, and then just looking at some of, I mean, it sounds simple, but some of the programs that we had. For instance, I was spending hours. I do all the accounting in QuickBooks. I was spending hours each month letting my board know where are we on each line item for each of our programs, where the simple thing of being able to increase our QuickBook program has saved me. I cannot even tell you how many hours. Um, so now I have that time to go work with businesses and spend with students. Constant contact. I was able to increase the number of users that I was able to share information with. I was able to work with somebody locally that had more knowledge than I did to really make the website more user-friendly. So we're getting there. Hopefully by August, we'll be able to roll that out. I think some of it's just, you, you have to be in a group to hear people. What works? You know, what are some good streamlining processes you've done? Even though we think we're doing them, there's two or three little comments that they give you and you're like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that. So I think that's some of the best um, information that I have gleaned from that is how to be more strategic, more strategic. Yeah. So uh, II recently did a community update story about Wilson Education Partnership, which uh, you can read about, cheap plug here, on emergingissues.org, our website. But in it, Robin, you talked about a new program called Communicate with Confidence. So can you tell us how this program came to be and the impact that it's having? I can't. So as I was talking before, we kind of started a couple years ago with some partnerships. And we as a board kept saying, we're doing a lot of different things. We're trying to just throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. The goal was to get the businesses involved in some way. So once we kind of developed a relationship with them, we thought, okay, let's take the relationship and let's really focus on one thing. What is the most important thing that we can help businesses and the students and the teachers with? So we did a poll. We talked to a lot of people, brought a lot of people together. Of course, COVID was during that time. And I feel like the business community morphed and changed a little bit from where I had talked to them before COVID. They were always trying to recruit. They were always trying to get a pipeline of potential workers when students graduated. What we found was, how do you think the students are going to come to you? What are you doing 
to partner with us to let students know what your opportunities are at your current business. A lot of businesses do that outside of schools. We were also very conscious of not doing something that wasn't sustainable, not doing something that wasn't a one-time thing, and also doing something that would get in a classroom where we had a targeted audience of students who were going to be given this information. They probably, or not necessarily thought they really needed it, but they were going to get it. So we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to work with students on soft skills. We wanted the businesses to have an opportunity to share what careers were available. And we wanted the teachers to let us know what we could help them do in the classroom as far as letting them know what's there. So we took all that information together and we sat down and we came up with a program called Communicating with Confidence. And we worked closely with Wilson County Schools and said, where can we fit in? And they said, let's start with junior English. Let's go into a junior English classroom. Let's work with the teacher and let's take all the resources you have, all these businesses, all the partners, and let's start there and let's do some interviews with students. So we did a pilot program during our cohort the first time, and we basically sat down with the teacher and asked the teacher, what can we provide to you that you feel will be beneficial to help students? We want to help make their dreams come true. We want them to know there are other people that care about what happens to them. We know the counselors, the teachers, and whoever they're living at home with does, but there are other people in this community that want you to be successful for you to be able to present yourself well and for you to follow your dreams. And we did a lot of stuff that semester. At the end of the semester, each student sat across from a community leader that was in the HR field that had relevance. And they had an interview for 20 minutes. And our business partner said the two hardest questions for anyone in an interview to answer is tell me about yourself and tell me a difficult situation. So what we did from those interviews is after the interviews went and we finished, we did about 40 that, maybe we did two classes, maybe 60. We sat down with the students and we sat down with the teachers and we sat down with the business people and said, how did it go? What do we think? Is this something that can make a difference? You would need eight more hours on this podcast as Pat has already heard me because I'm very passionate about how many things came out of that? So just a couple good things. They're juniors. So a couple of these students sat across from a professional from the community that started talking about what their career was, the professional was telling them. Some of these students had an idea of what they wanted to do, and we tried to pair them. Some of them had no clue. The ones that didn't have a clue, once they talked to their person and their interviewer pulled out some of their interests, we had students that went back to their counselors and their CDCs and changed their schedules for their senior year. Um, we had health science students that were not taking health science one and two. We had them change. They got into other classes. We had students that developed a relationship in that 20 minutes with a mentor 
that they emailed them later to ask them other questions. We had the inter, um, interviewers in the classroom helping them start a resume at the beginning. We had them talk to them about their worth and that they do have a strength and that they should feel confident about what they want to do and to find the people that can help them get where they're going. We had people that we connected to um, internships. It, it was incredible. Um, so we started with 20 interviewers last spring. We now have a village of 125 interviewers. Hmm. We have, I don't want to mistake, I think last, um, last year we did 260 interviews. So we are in all three high schools here in Wilson. As of in the fall, we will add our early college and our manufacturing college. So all the juniors will have an opportunity to sit across from someone. So what's happening? Our students and our teachers are hearing these business names multiple times. I have a Google site that we've created with job videos. They go to that and do lessons. They see the logos for the businesses. They're interviewed. They get follow-up emails from WEP. They have posters in their classrooms. They have logo sheets in their class. I tell the businesses, you cannot talk to a student one time and think they're going to remember. It's a repetitive. We have to continue to let them know what's available. So I would say it's kind of like a little mentor program. And the students are just, they leave the interviews empowered and knowledgeable. And now the teachers are going on tours that we're taking them on and they feel more knowledgeable to help the students. So we are creating an environment where our businesses, our school community, and our teachers and students are all becoming one. And they're all knowing what's here. So when they graduate, they have a little bit better perspective of if they're going to go to school or they're going to go to work. And if they're going to go to work, they know that there's several options out there. It, it's, it really has been incredible. It has been incredible. So, Robin, to go from, uh, you know, an initial group of, of, what did you say, 20 interviews to now, interviewers to now well over 100, um, there must be something in the water, something that the interviewers are getting out of this, not just the students or the teachers. Can you just say a word about, about that? Um, so, right now, a lot of our junior Englishes, we have students of color or we have a huge Hispanic population at Bettingville. We have a lot of those populations who need those resources, whether it's language barrier or maybe they don't have someone outside the school system to help them. So I feel like sometimes when our interviewers go in and they sit down with the student, when that student goes from being scared to death because they don't know this person to at the end of 20 minutes, smiling and just feeling like it's a new day. The interviewers are smiling. I've had grown men in tears. I have grown women in tears. I think a lot of times the students open up more than you would have ever thought. And they may tell you more than, you know, you ever thought was going to come out of the interview. But I think the interviewers just, they feel good. They feel like they have hopefully shared some knowledge with the student. 
is the student going to remember everything they talk about for 20 minutes? Maybe not, but hopefully there's one tip or one tidbit of information, whether it's eye contact or um, maybe they identified a strength while they were talking. The student, you know, students usually say, you know, I really don't have any strength. But the time the interviewer talks to them, they're like, oh my gosh, you're creative. Or you really like numbers. Or you really like taking care of people. So it empowers the interviewers too. I mean, a lot of times after the interviews, I have about 15, they're really spread out in the library. And a lot of times the interviewers will start talking about, oh my gosh, let me tell you about my student. Or let me tell you about my student. And I'm like, okay, y'all got to go. We got our next round coming in. I, I think they feel like they're making a difference. And they're, they're helping a student um, maybe find what that dream is. So interviewers are really um, getting something out of it as well. Our businesses will email now. I do not let an interviewer in front of a student unless I see them face-to-face because you know the environment we're in now when you have people in and out of school in front of students, you want to make sure. Um, And it's making them feel comfortable, making them feel good. And these interviewers... A lot of times they'll go in and they'll do it, maybe because I asked or been connected <laughs> somewhere. But once they go in one time, the next time they're signed up for like six. Um, yeah. And businesses are really good. They're letting their leadership teams participate in this mm-hmm. um, because they know they're that's some of their potential employees. They're getting 20 minutes with a student to sell their business, to sell the opportunities at their business um, and to make a contact. So it's, it's on both sides, student and businesses. So I'm going to ask you kind of an emotional question here. Um, oh, so my what, Don't make me cry. Uh, it's, a, it's a good one. So <laughs> what, what gives you uh, uh, hope among all the challenges you have to work through? Somebody told me, one of my mentors a long time ago told me, Robin, you can't save everybody. Do your best and take it one at a time. And I think that I, as a one-person shop, had to realize, okay, one at a time, one success. That's one person that we help get a job. It's one more interviewer added to our village. It's one more student that somebody on my team or my board was able to help with a resume or connect them with somebody. So... I feel like in the last year, the number of students that we've made connections with and those connections are lasting and they're getting an internship or they're getting a job or main thing is they're getting a job and then the place they're working is paying for their education. Yeah. So uh, if we want to learn more about the work you're doing uh, at Wilson Education Partnership, um, how would we find out more? You mentioned a website earlier you're working on. Right. Um, www.wilsonedpartnership.com. There's a lot of information on there, but in another two or three months, there's going to really be a lot more information. So people can email me anytime. I love to talk to people. I've been very fortunate. I've been able to share some of the things we've done with other counties. So anytime anybody wants to connect, um, connect my email and my phone number are on the website. They can reach out on a contact form um, anytime. Sounds good. And Pat, do you have any closing thoughts for us before we end? 
Well, just like to say that it's the efforts of Robin and the other members of the cohort that, that give me hope because they're the ones who are in the trenches making it happen. So it's been a, a real privilege to, to walk alongside them for, for a period of time and support their work. And in Robin's case, uh, providing some resources that freed up her time to actually get out and do more programs uh, to help more kids. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, instead of working hard, getting to work smart, well, gets, gets you to do a little bit of both, but, you know, it's always good. So, well, I'd like to thank our guest today, Robin Williams, the Executive Director of Wilson Education Partnership, and Pat Cronin, our Assistant Director here at the Institute for Emerging Issues. I want to thank you both so much for being here today. I'm James Herrick with the Institute for Emerging Issues. For more information on today's topic, and as always, please visit us at emergingissues.org. Until next time, let's all stay connected.